this podcast is brought to you by the Gosh Learning Academy. Welcome to the Me First discussion series, episode two. Our topic for today is children and young people's participation in health and social care. My name's Rachel. I've been working for Me First for six years alongside my clinical work as a children's physiotherapist. I feel really privileged to work with the two people sitting alongside me today because they have such a wealth of expertise and experience in participation. I continue to learn from them all the time and anyone that comes into contact with the project has the benefit of hearing from them. So with me today, I'll let you introduce yourselves. Hi, my name is Emma and I have worked for Me First for around a year now alongside being a student. Before working for Me First, I have also done voluntary participation work within the NHS and the British Medical Association. Um, Hi, I'm Roshan. I'm also a Me First Young Advisor. Um, Before becoming a Me First Young Advisor, I have worked for a variety of different organisations, but I'm currently working with SLAM's Recovery College and also with Southwark Social Care Team. And I work with paediatrics as well as adult services. So to get us started, I'd like to hear from both of you about your journey to where you've got to today. So if you could both explain a little bit about your journey to becoming a Me First Young Advisor and also how that helps contribute towards the work we do at Me First. Rashan, if you go first. So my journey to becoming a Me First Young Advisor, so I've been a young advisor for Me First for about six years. But my journey started off working with SLAM's patient and public experience worker. And through that, I got trained up in recruitment and selection training and then did loads of different presentations to the funders of SLAM and developed some training and some newsletters and then worked with the Anna Frey Centre on the CYPI Apt project, which is improving psychological therapies for young people. And that kind of developed my skills in public speaking, developing teaching and training, working with young people, understanding, I guess, a lot more of what participation was because we moved around all of England, all of the southeast of London and all of England, and began looking at what does participation look depending on where you're located. And then through that, I met Kate Martin, who used to run Common Room. And then the job at Me First came up. And by a whim, I literally took it and yeah that's what brought me here but I think all of that previous experience of training of meeting different people developing public speaking really helped me bring a breadth of experience not just my own but other young people I've met other research I've been involved in other research I've partaken in as well and developed that has allowed me to bring not just my own experiences but every single person that I've come across every single young person that I've been able to sit down with and hear their story groups of participation participation groups I should probably say all their stories I've been able to carry along with me and feed into the Me First project and I think that journey has definitely allowed me to maybe bring a bit of uniqueness and not just a biased perspective of bringing my own experience but also others so yeah I'll hand over to Emma So I was actually a patient at Great Ormond Street for 13 years and whilst I was here one of my nurses said you go to quite a lot of departments in this hospital don't you? I bet you have loads of opinions and they suggested that I join the Young People's Forum so I did and I was a part of that for five years I think and from there 
my participation journey just sort of grew. I went on to join the NHS Youth Forum and the NICE guideline on babies, children and young people's experience of healthcare. And I'd always sort of seen me first on Twitter and posters, but when I saw they were looking for a young advisor, I really jumped at the chance, I think because I knew it was going to be working as a team, which made me quite excited. And I think also within physical health participation, a lot of it is voluntary. And while I think that is really great and volunteering is really important, as I said, I am a student and I cannot afford to volunteer for the rest of my life. So it was a really good way to, I guess, start being paid for my experiences, which maybe people don't really talk about, but I think is important to acknowledge. I think what I bring to me first, I guess, includes my own experiences as a patient, but also my knowledge of maybe the wider healthcare system and guidance sort of as a whole. So I I think me and Rashan bring a good good mix of physical and health and physical physical and mental health and our own experiences. So I think we work well together on that front. Great, thank you both. I'm interested, um, maybe this is a bit self-explanatory from what you've just been saying, but I'd like to hear a bit more about what really drives your passion for working in participation, because I, I really see your passion when I hear you talk about it. My passion for participation, I think my general passion maybe derives from why I started doing participation. And when I think back to my journey through my physical and mental health, so my eye condition and my mental health condition, isolation was a huge thing for me. And I remember always sitting down with clinicians and going, but is there anyone like me? Is there a group? Is there someone I can talk to? And I always was met with, no, we don't have that. We don't have that until I met the participation lead at CAMS and her interaction just meeting someone else with the same condition with as me who was a couple years older than me sparked a realization that actually people need to see people that have gone through what they're going through and therefore participation for me enables people of similar experiences similar disabilities to meet but also shape their from their experience so for me it's that drive to kind of learn from what didn't go well my treatment and my care to shape it for someone else but then also to be a representative to go you can do anything you put your mind to 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 really push young people to be able to go for what they want to achieve their goals and to have role models that aren't just celebrities or people that like luck out to actually know that you can start with just very simple things as sharing your story looking for the patient experience within your service and kind of supporting each other i think that is why I did participation and it's still probably why I'm going within participation because I just love the idea of encouraging even if it's just one young person to do something different or share their story or you know come and actually encourage a service to change I think that for me is yeah why it's so important and what my passion behind it is and yeah for me it's definitely similar I think as I explained I've always been one of those people that just has opinions about things and is not necessarily afraid to share those opinions. Both good and bad I think is important and often when I go to forums and they're talking about what needs, quite rightly, what needs to be improved, I think it's also important to mention what is going well and how services can learn from what's going well. So that's kind of, yeah, 
where my passion first came from I guess and being given a platform to share my experiences and I think moving forward what drives that passion is getting children young people in the future to know that they can share their experiences and actually in a lot of cases it's it's their right to share their experiences and that shouldn't be hidden or taken away from them. And thinking about bringing that back to the Me First project where we think about specifically how we can support health and social care professionals to develop their knowledge, their skills, their confidence in having person-centred conversations with children and young people. Thinking about all those things that you've just said, why does Me First shout about having co-production running all the way through the project? Was it specifically about communication and participation and why that's so important? I think Me First is so proud and so loud about the co-production is because in so many cases, things maybe advertise that they're co-produced or maybe just that they consulted children and young people, but there is a big difference between having one focus group and speaking to five children and young people and having children and young people at every stage of the process. And I think that's what's quite unique about me first in the sense at the beginning there were those focus groups and then there were more groups and then every time we develop a new training there are groups and there's groups after the groups and we speak to individuals all the way up to me and Rashan being sat here today as young people young adults with lived experience it is all the way through and I definitely think that's unique which I wish it wasn't but at the moment it is. I think for me why it is so unique is that within physical health participation isn't so well known it isn't so ingrained and I think me first when you actually look at how much this project has taken young people's experiences and not just kind of stuck them on a a piece of paper going this is what young people said they really do change their models they change how they do something they really think about language the words we use if a young person says actually I don't like that word we don't just sit there as a team and go okay well young person said it we actually reevaluate it and this could just be through our training courses through any resources we put on our website through our models each and every layer gets reviewed and it's not just oh this is what we said this is what we say we actually have that young person come in we have focus groups on anything that's new and I think as Emma said having two young people present Emma and I can kind of go actually I don't think that's correct and we have a really supportive team that allow co-production to happen and I think that's why we shout about it because co-production can be seen as such a crazy outrageous thing to have young people say their opinions and take control but me first does it so easily and each person that works with me first and i've worked with has definitely come to realization that co-production is literally just sharing experiences and changing it adapting for the next person who comes through so i think this is why me first shouts about it to really get people to understand co-production should be part of every single thing we do in healthcare because if we don't look at change and what's already happened and what didn't work we can't move forward So hearing a bit more about participation, it's really obvious the value that participation brings to services and health and social care. And I think when I myself and others that come on our training and people we talk to about the project, 
we hear about all of the good examples that are happening across the UK as co-production and participation, the main question that comes up is why, why isn't this happening more? Why is this not more widespread? So can you share what you think are the barriers and, and challenges that get in the way of it happening more? So I think for me it's often perhaps seen as something that's quite difficult to organise that it takes a lot of time or effort and maybe you have to have big days where children and young people are invited in at the weekends and things and yeah events like that are great but how about speaking to children and young people as they're sat waiting for their appointments seeing what they think giving them a survey giving them something to fill out on a tablet there's so many different ways that you can do one-off participation events but then can also be continued by asking children and young people if they want to do it again because a lot do in my experience they want to share their experiences to make services better i think something else that's really important is getting a diverse range of children and young people children and young people are not a monolith group everyone thinks different things and from my experience disabled children and young people are often ignored even more than perhaps your non-disabled children and people so just have when you have those events those surveys those speaking to children and people included as many children and people as you can because everyone will have their own experiences and i think finally just don't be afraid i think fear is a big big barrier to adults not wanting to speak to children and young people yeah i think maybe i'm be controversial i do think sometimes it is that clinicians sometimes might not understand the value of what participation can bring to a service and throughout my years of working in participation it's working sometimes some really hard clinicians that are like what's the point like what's the value to actually then seeing them step in and work with young people and be amazed and understand that there's things that young people are thinking about and doing that we're just unaware of so for me some of the barriers are literally sometimes adults and i'll even say as myself as a young adult we forget that times change so even just not being able to understand that from me being 27 my nephew and my niece they're encountering different experiences healthcare services are going to need to continuously change with the next generation so the barrier is definitely us being stuck in this idea that it needs to be very professional i think participation has this ability to break down professional boundaries in a good way but it's not in that scary way where we're you know we're all afraid of boundary breaking it's in that way that allows people to get onto the same page and i think professionals can be scared to actually be a kid again when you're with children you have to let go of some of those boundaries that prevent you from having fun participation should be fun it shouldn't always feel like work and i think one of the barriers is that funding isn't ever always available for it or that you know you have to really fight for it a lot of the time it's sometimes not paid so sometimes we have to realize that young people are can't always just give their free time especially when we're talking about the 16 upwards age range their time does get a bit more precious i also think as healthcare services we're not geared up for the idea that young people go to school and they go to college and then they go to university that sometimes participation has to be flexible it can't be done on on a weekday 12 p.m because kids are at school versatile we have to be flexible and as emma was saying they shouldn't be one-off events they should be continuous but we also have to adapt to get those voices we don't hear because one issue i do know within participation is that we hear similar voices 
and that similar voice might be improving it for people that meet their demographic but what we're not doing is maybe those people that don't attend what about their voices what's stopping them so for me it's there's many barriers I could talk loads and loads about it but I definitely think people aren't able to see the value in it a lot of the time and sometimes you get great projects that have had amazing co-production people wonder why they're so great or why they work and sometimes it's just someone took the time out to engage with young people and bring them on board and value them it can really shape and change a service well sean i remember you sharing an example once that someone had said to you is there a danger of of taking this too far just wonder what you either of you think about that that is huge and i think with a lot of the work that's coming out particularly around peer support particularly right now i think people are afraid and i'm gonna say this plain and simple if we actually were to give people the credit especially those who work in peer support roles people that actually are taking a lived experience and stepping into clinical spaces people might be afraid because what you'll find is that peer support and participation and engagement with people that actually understand a condition on a deeper level than just what it says in a textbook tend to find that people can reach a level of recovery that people might not expect and so for me I think when people say comments like that either they're too afraid to look at it as you know what it's just as, as valuable as medical treatments and it has its place within a medical model so for me I definitely know participation isn't going anywhere and particularly working in the mental health sector I know that roles are now being created that is really looking at creating a model where we look at people with lived experience as people who can guide and shape the next generation who are suffering as well it's not just about oh i didn't like a service or it didn't work for me it's actually this didn't work because of this and this is where i think it needs to be improved and what that does is you encourage more people who are struggling to not wait so long until they are in crisis until their condition has worsened and so i do believe participation in the next 10 years from when I look back from the last 10 years it's changing and shaping and I think you'll begin to see it a lot more throughout mental health and physical health services. I think comments like that for me just highlight the need for more participation and I think it's often because people think that participation or asking people their experiences is just something nice something nice you can do at the end of the appointment oh tell me how did you find today actually it's not children and young people do have the right to share their experiences and I think that needs to be remembered it's so nice to see the the passion in your faces and see how much both of you have to say I'm really keen to hear what would you like the future of participation to look like I'll let Emma go first I think getting more children young people involved I consider myself very privileged to have been in that position where someone said actually I think you could be really good at sharing your experiences but I know for me that's because I've been taught and raised to use my voice and to use my voice to help other people and even based on the fact I speak English and those things mean that I'm in more of a privileged position and perhaps find it easier to share my experiences and I'd like in however many years time preferably sooner rather than later for everyone to be able to share their experiences and I think that should be happening but it's not at the moment so that's definitely my hope for the future oh I have so much big wishes and dreams for participation and 
like even just thinking about I think I've asked this I've answered this question before and about 10 years ago surprisingly almost 10 years ago and for me it's just for now to see participation I think as Emma was saying less of a privilege and more of a thing that needs to be done I want to see services that have participation in the center and the heart of everything they do like me first does and I want it to be so done not because people need a service to change but because by asking your customer and I I talk about in the same advertising when you ask your customer what they need when we ask patients when we ask families what do you need we're no longer looking for stats and statistics that can come from anywhere around the world we're looking it through our patients we're looking at it from the people we are seeing and I really believe that services will I hope and I wish for the future of participation that services have a participation layer so there's giving your experiences there's sitting on interview panels there are people that are sitting at board meetings deciding about how money should be spent and where it should go I believe that it will be ingrained in every aspect of a service so it's not seen as what is participation it's like where do I go for participation that's my future and hope and I also hope there's more studies looking at it and whether the engagement that people have within participation if it can improve their mental health through certain researchers I have seen young people come out and go if I hadn't had participation I wouldn't be here and it has saved so many lives especially in mental health so I do want it to I I want more research on it and I would love to just see it become a norm within our healthcare system and social care system and moving on from that to help us and our projects and also our listeners to think about how we apply this to our our day-to-day lives if you could achieve one thing in reference to participation with where we work at Great Ormond Street Hospital what would you like to see happen what would you like to achieve I'm gonna let Emma take this one first (laughs) I think on starting at the very very bottom it's staff being aware of the participation that happens within the hospital so the young people's forum and the young people's advisory group i think just at a very basic level knowing there is groups of young people out there who want to share their experiences and want to say what they think should improve and i guess going up from there involving them in hiring of staff involving them in deciding what color the new wards are going to be painted and going sort of up and up and there but just making sure as Rashan mentioned they're involved in every single level and I think once there's more knowledge there things can only get better because there are so many enthusiastic children and young people out there who want to use their voice to make things better for the next generation of patients. I think for me I would like Great Ormond Street to maybe catch up a bit with mental health services a little. As Emma said, I think the U Forum is an amazing resource and they've supported the project from the onset for as far as I know. I wasn't here at the beginning, but I've worked with them and they're amazing. And the youth advisory group here is amazing, but I don't think, gosh, utilised this resource as much as they could. And I think for me, what I would really like, gosh, to start doing is really putting more attention into how can we involve young people, not in just a they come on they come in and they do a little podcast or they do a little something they actually think about how do they embed them in strategies in 
how you know how is the patient experience really at gosh how is the reception area do they like it does it suit all ages i really want to see them kind of take participation further than they have i also would like to see participation be led by young people at some point at gosh i i do find it very clinical heavy i wonder this is me just wondering whether we'll get to a stage where people that run participation at GOSH actually have used GOSH and actually are people who have used services because I do know certain services that have allowed like the young person who no longer is a young person to run their PPI and what you begin to find is it becomes a very unique niche that clinicians then when they enter have to then realize you know what to do by PPI you have to let go of that clinical boundary so I think GOSH needs to maybe look out and then look in first to really bring their participation to an outstanding level because they have such an amazing resource with the youth forum. I just don't think they know how to use it yet. And I pray they do in the future. But yeah. So hopefully lots of exciting things in the future are happening to look forward to alongside the existing work that's that's already working well and it's exciting to see what comes up thank you so much for your time today emma and Rashan. it's always a pleasure talking to you thank, thank you, you.